Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. I am Jeff Harbin, and if you're watching live on YouTube right now, you're thinking, holy cow, we got a packed house, and that's true, we do. We have four people instead of usually it's just myself and my partner in crime, Lance Williams. We have a slew of others. You know Dave Schofield, Deputy Dave, as we call him here around these parts. But joining us also is capologist. I, I hope he doesn't mind me calling him that. Capologist Ian Whetstone of Steel City Insider. Ian, welcome to the program. How are you this evening? Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Pretty good. Good. It's it's a busy time of the year for you, I'm sure, as you're crunching numbers and figuring out free agent news and salary cap positioning. But let's welcome in Lance Williams. Lance, how are you on the West Coast? Hopefully you're quarantined. Yes, I am. And uh, as of 10 minutes ago, there was a uh, shelter in place for my okay. county. So... Hey, you know, it's just changing every minute. He's not going anywhere. David Schofield, what's up? I'm I'm excited to hear numbers. I'm I'm just here because I want to get them <laughs> firsthand. I'm ready to go. I got my pencil ready. I got my pocket protector. I got my calculator. I'm ready to go. It reminds me of the old Saturday Night Live skit where they have what, uh, the two guys that just wanted a calculator. They're they like, I want a calculator. Just give me a calculator. Anyways, Lance, <laughs> you have some questions for Ian. Why don't you go ahead and fire those away? You know, sometimes, Jeff, your 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 pop <laughs> references go right <laughs> over my you head. You have to watch Saturday Night Live. You got to watch Saturday Night Live. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link. Thank there you. Thank you. Because <laughs> we all have time. But let me ask you just the first question, Ian. It's just a general CBA question. In your perspective, who won the deal, the players or the owners? Um, well, so, I mean, kind of interesting because we got we got a, an unusual situation that happened right as ratification was happening where we, you know, got not only um, obviously the, 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 the coronavirus stuff, but as a consequence, we got uh, kind of a general financial meltdown. Um, so that really, you know, kind of, improves in, 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 in retrospect that improved um, uh, what well, we can look at what the players were able to do because they were able to avoid going into negotiations in a really uncertain financial situation um, where, you know, they're getting a, they're getting whatever percentage of the pie they've negotiated, which is, which in this new one is around 48%. Um, you know, when, when the league then has to go and negotiate with TV, with, with, with the, with the um, networks, what kind of, you know, TV package they're going to get. Um, if there's financial doubt in the world, um, they have a harder time negotiating what revenue they're going to get. So, um, you know, for the players to lock this up now and not have to worry about the uncertainty of it as the world's going through this uncertainty is much to their benefit. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. So, so even so, totally apart from the specifics of the deal, and you know, I, I think, I think that when people, when people are, are looking at these negotiations, I think that a lot of times they're looking at the wrong things. Um, you see people say, "Oh, they don't get guaranteed contracts." For the players as a group, that doesn't that doesn't really matter. I mean, um, that only benefits a very small number of players. Um, it's definitely not most of players. And you know, when the when unions are negotiating these things, they have to look at what is going to be beneficial to the most players. Um, and so, while they didn't get giant concessions in this deal, the, what what they did get was stuff that was for the most part beneficial to a large number of players. They got big increases in minimum salaries. Um, not just you know there's there's a there's a sizable increase this year but there's another sizable increase next year um and then the increases year to year are much higher than they've been in the last couple of cbas um so you know we're looking at by the end of this by the end of this agreement 
um, you know, rookies coming into the to the league are going to be making a million dollars a year minimum. Um, that's that's not that's not insubstantial. I mean, that's that's a that's a big deal, in a league where most players never really get a big contract and their careers don't last very long. Um, if you're going to have a three year career, if all of a sudden that three year career is at least three million dollars, that's that's nice. I mean, that's that's a better better position than they were in, you know, recently. Are the rookie contracts still slotted in this new collective bargaining agreement? Just yeah, it's just elevated. Okay, yeah, and it's and 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 it's so there was a. I mean, the probably the most significant, other than the minimum salary increase, the most significant change in that regard is that there used to be a cap on how much. Like even if the um, the, the 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 rookie contracts would increase along with the cap, but up to a up to a maximum, and that maximum has been eliminated. So where it can. It, it increases along with the cap. So if the cap does some big jumps, then rookie contracts will increase okay. in the same, you know, proportionally. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's interesting that you brought up the whole idea of guaranteed contracts, because even in the other major sports that has them, it's not a CBA issue. It's up yeah. to the individual um, that's right. it's, it's, agents yeah, that's to actually right. get them for players. So right. for people that thought that was going to be a CBA issue, they were kind of looking for, yeah, for oh, something yeah. that, that wasn't no, there. That's exactly right. I mean, you see you see individual players negotiate, you know, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know what the, the quarterback in Minnesota, what's his name? Kirk, um, oh, Kirk You know, he, he negotiated, was in a position of strength and was able to negotiate a fully yeah. guaranteed contract. It's not, there's nothing that prohibits that from happening. It's just not, you're not generally going to be able to do it. It also, in other sports, people don't, you know, people say they have guaranteed contracts. Well, well, kind of. I mean, they just use different terminology. They use, uh, op, you know, they'd say they call options, team options. Well, team option is just a non-guaranteed year. That's all, that's all that is. Um, just because you call it something different and because it's more prevalent because that effect is more prevalent in the NFL doesn't mean it doesn't exist in those sports. Um, you know, when you get when you get um, you know players who are just in for training camp in any sport, those con- they're not they're not guaranteed. They're two way contracts or whatever they are, where they're not guaranteed to make the money in their contract. Um, it doesn't always mean what people think it means. Um, you know. Yeah, ex- excellent point. So, uh, was there anything in this deal that surprised you? Um, yeah, I thought they I thought the players sh- I thought the should have been able to do better um, in terms of getting the cash spend floors up um they got only a really minor increase i think an increase from in the sort of spans where they have to where teams have to spend a certain amount they got an increase from 89 percent to 90 which is you know negligible um they tightened up the windows a little bit so it's not teams don't have as as, as wide a berth to do it over a number of years um that's something i guess but th- I, I thought that they should have been able to get that up to more like 95 percent Th- you know that that that's something that really makes a difference that's something that you know, teams year to year will spend more if they have to spend to a higher floor. Um, you know, it doesn't, it's not in particular going to a specific category of player in the way that guaranteed contracts would. Um, it's it's going to be beneficial broadly. Uh, and I thought I thought that that was something that they would be able to do and, I, and they weren't. So, you know, I, I think the, the league made out in that regard. You have a question, Jeff, before I jump into my next one. Oh, you, man. Is there anything important about this deal mm-hmm. that ESPN or CNN or any of the other media outlets are kind of missing that you think is a pretty important nugget? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think we'll see how the um, there was there's some changes to the um, to both the fifth year option for um, first rounders and to um the fourth year, um, what's called the proven performance escalator. 
um, in all, all rookie contracts and almost all rookie contracts. Um, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, one of the things when a player gets towards the end of that rookie contract is, you know, how, how much of a position of strength are they negotiating from? And a lot of that has to do with how much they're going to make in that year. Um, so with the sort of improvements for the players in these, one of them is that, so that, that proven performance escalator had not previously applied to second rounders. It now does, although they have higher thresholds for meeting it. Um, and and the, so that does now apply to second rounders. So that they're, uh, they were kind of in the, this weird space where they weren't, you know, they, they made more money in their in their in their rookie contracts, but they didn't have this escalator. So, so in a lot of cases, like like high third rounders could make more over the course of four years than a second rounder would, because um, second rounders didn't get this escalator. Um, so, it puts them in a better position. Um, I, I'll be curious to see over time how that improved fourth and fifth year position for rookies uh, translates into improved negotiating power when they do extensions with their original teams. Now, Jeff, before excuse me, Dave, before you get into your question, just explain the difference in that fifth year yeah sure i so i it's um i'll i have to reread it to get the details exactly but the 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 main thing is it used to be that the fifth year escalator the sorry the fifth year option for 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 first rounders was totally dependent on their draft position the first 10 draft picks for that for that option to be um exercised they needed to get um essentially the transition tag amount and for every for all the first rounders after that, it was a lower amount. It was the average of the third through twenty fifth players at their position. On um, the, the the transition tag is the first the first ten. Um, they made I think four different levels for that now, and it's not based on draft position. It's based on different performance um, levels. I think one of them is playing time, and then like there's like if you make a single Pro Bowl, if you make two Pro Bowls, you get the highest, which is like I think the franchise tag or something like that. Um, but they're so they 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 range up higher and they're more performance based. So like those guys at the at, on the in the back half of the first round can now hit bigger numbers for that option here, you know, and especially positions that make a lot that that can make a big difference. Like a TJ Watt, like yeah yeah TJ Watt. So he won't it won't apply to him because he he um mm. I think I think the first group it applies to will be the year right after him. It it, it doesn't it does it is retroactive to a degree. But not starting this not year. Not that far back. I think yeah. it's the draft class right after Watts. Good this will know. start to apply to. Yeah. Nice. So, um, but yeah, but Watt would have hit, and Watt would have hit a higher level of escalation, mm -hmm. and they'd be de yeah. he'd be dealing from a position of greater strength when it comes time to negotiate his contract. Although he's going to get all the money in the world, regardless. Gotcha. Um, before we were we get ready to transition now to the to the salary cap questions. Lance, no, go ahead and Jeff, ask your question. You no. have. Yeah, go ahead and ask well, your question, yeah, because it, it's it's a Jeff. You got one? Uh, sure. I, my question, like if we're going to go into like contract stuff, I think a lot of fans look. I'm not a numbers guy. We said that before we went on the air. I, I'm a guy that says just tell me who's who's here for how long, and then if they get cut, they get cut. Like I personally, I don't. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> they pay people a lot of money to do this. I'm not one of those people. When when people see that players and we saw a lot of this this week I get to get their contracts restructured, mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people, myself included, I don't know the nitty gritty of this as well. Um, a lot of people view it as negative all yeah. the time. Maybe just kind of break down in simplistic terms what's going on. And if you view restructures, I guess it maybe depends on the player, depends on their experience, meaning how far into their contract they are, mm -hmm. stuff like that. 
give us your opinion on whether you think that is a positive or a negative, or is it a case-by-case type of thing? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And Most Ian, of the time, it's a well, Ian, with that too, take t- take an example of Big Ben. What what uh-huh. what did that one look? To Jeff's point, what what did that one look like? Yeah, so we don't actually have we don't have details on that one yet. I mean, it's, it hasn't it hasn't hit any of the um, um, sort of official um, records yet. Um, but I, I I would I would guess based on what all the other ones they've done this year is they probably maxed it out. They probably turned as much of his. Um, various salaries into signing bonuses they could to lower his cap hit this year the most. Um, uh, but so, uh, you know, all, all, all they're doing, and, 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 and there are different types of restructures. There are um, more involved ones, and there are some that are not just restructures. They're actually extensions or renegotiations. But if you just say restructure, what, the, what, you most, what it mostly means is that they're taking some portion of the player's salary, turning it into a signing bonus, just as an accounting trick. Um, that signing bonus amount then gets prorated over the remainder of the contract in how it counts against the cap. So it lowers this year's hit and it increases hits in, in subsequent years. Um, in Ben's case, my guess is that, so Ben has a salary of I think eight and a half million and then he gets a 12 and a half million dollar roster bonus a couple of days into the league year. Um, so total of $21 million. Um, they take all but 1.05 million, which is the new minimum salary for his experience level. Um, so 19.95 million and and they turn that into a signing bonus and then that counts 9.975 million this year and 9.975 million next year um so it's going to knock his cap hit this year down by about 10 million from i think it was up around 33 million or 34 million down to 23 or 24 million and the next year it'll go up by that same amount um so he'll be up over 40 million next year um I know that's kind of an extreme case because he has a great big salary and he's in the next to last year. So it's only divided over two years. You know, a lot of times they do these restructures earlier in a player's contract so that it's spread out over more years. Um, that's not really happening this year because they don't really have players who have long contracts um, at the moment. Um, I looked, I looked at it specifically a, a few days ago and I forget the exact number, but they have, they have, I think they have no players under contract for more than three years right now. They will once they have a draft class. Um, but they don't. They don't have a lot of long deals right now. They, you know, they'll they'll probably extend um, Hayward, and um, you know, I don't know for how long now. I when before there was a new CBA, I, I thought you know we'd be looking at a, a five year contract just because they would need the length to prorate it. Um, they maybe don't now, so they, maybe they won't do it that long. Uh, we'll see. But it's it's a it's a it's an uncommon position. I I don't remember a time since maybe the early '90s when there was no you know, before there was free agency and there was not really a need to have long contracts. I, I don't remember a time when they had this few players under contract going forward into, you know, even just a couple of years. Yeah, you're exactly right. Cause I, I was looking at the numbers and in two for 2023, two years from now, mm-hmm. um, the only players not on rookie deals that actually have contracts mm-hmm. into that season are Chris Boswell and Stefan mm-hmm. Tuitt. Yeah, that's right. it. So right. of the five restructures that the Steelers have done, the only one that was for a restructure for more than two years was, was Boswell. Boswell. 
Yeah. And the other ones were, were off too. I, I have a little equation that I basically use anytime I try to estimate a restructure. Yeah. I take what their base salary was, I mm -hmm. save a million, and I yeah. turn everything else into signing. That's about that's it's about right because yeah, yeah. Because the yeah, because all, all, all the minimums hover around, you know, they're a little under a million, but you're if you ballpark. Yeah, some of it you might be off a little bit on one mm -hmm. and not on another, but when it all comes down, um, it, it it's just an estimate. Yeah. So so those are some some pretty interesting things. Um so now, now that the Steelers are they're up against the cap, and now they're they're doing these restructures mm -hmm. that are really pushing off a lot the next year, like the Ben yeah. Roethlisberger over forty million dollars. Do you foresee them um, any contracts that they do now, like if they extend uh, Cam or anything like that? Do you see them constructing those differently to try to uh, avoid like next compounding next year's problem as well? Probably not. I mean. You know, I, I I feel like at this at this point where they're sort of dealing in the the twilight of of Ben's career, I think they're doing it year by year. Um, you know, I think they look at how they construct the roster in general um, out farther than that. But as far as the finances of it, I think they're going pretty year by year. Um, and then you know, you can always do those maneuvers again uh, next year. It's yeah. not, you know, I, people fret about it, but it's really not. It's not rocket science. Like if the players, what matters is that you pay players who live up to the contract. The, the the cap number, you know, you can do things about it. You can do things about it one way or another. So I, I don't fret about it, but, you know, we'll see. Now, I know the way they've done business the last several years, typically they, they tend to be right up on it. And I know when yeah. we did our interview uh, several weeks ago, maybe uh -huh. several months ago now, you, you had mentioned, and I can't remember specifically, you had said that you think that moving forward, they may do their deals in a different way. Um, do you want to elaborate on that? I said that they should do their deals in a different way. I don't know that they will. Or, I mean, I don't, unless they're really pushed to where they have to. And there's some interesting interesting cases coming up where they may have to. Um, the, the big thing that I thought was that they, they, they have been one of the few, one of the last remaining teams holding out that does not guarantee um, dollars in veteran contracts after the first year. Um, and I just, I don't know that that's sustainable. Um, you know, I, I I think they've they've been able to do it to this point in in large part because they just they don't they don't they don't let go of players quickly. So I think players and agents know that there's a sort of a virtual guarantee. Um, but increasingly, they've had to give up, um, you know, in, in in other in other contract metrics um, in terms of just the the general size of the contract they've been giving out in terms of the cash flow. How early in the deal is the cash going out? They've had to get they've had to give a little more and a little more to keep that. Um, to keep that situation going where they're not guaranteeing money after that first year. And I just, at this point, I think it's, it's flipped past the point where it's really worth it. Um, you know, on the one hand, if you want to think, okay, they're not stuck with a bad contract. If they sign one, that's fine, but they're not cutting these guys anyway. So what, you know, that's not, is it a benefit if you never use it? Uh, you know, so I, I, I do think that's something that, that bears reconsideration. And there was a, there was a minor change, um, uh, in the, this new CBA that, that may have some, uh, that, that could come to play on that. Um, and that is that there's a, there's a rule called the, the funding rule, which is that any, any money in a contract that's guaranteed at the time the player signs, it has to be put essentially into escrow by the team so that it's, so that they know it will be there to pay the player when it comes due. Um, this is a rule that was put in place for the player's benefit back when the, uh, you know, a long time ago when they first started signing CBAs and, um, you know, they, they, the, the players thought they had reason then because they weren't sure that owners would have the money. Um, now there's no reason to doubt 
that owners have the money. And now it's totally flipped where ownership uses that as an excuse to, to say they can't guarantee money. They say we can't tie up all this money in escrow. Um, we, we, need, we need it to operate. Um, and it's baloney, but it's something that they, that, you know, it's, it's something they're able to use to, to, to say that they can't guarantee as much as players want. Um, so this, this current CBA increased, there used to be an exception. I think it was tiny. The, the first 2 million worth of guaranteed dollars did not have to go into escrow. And that's not per player. That's, that's for the team. Um, that's not, I mean, you know, that's, that's nothing. You sign a fullback, <laughs> you know, apparently you're going to spend more than that. Um, so the, the new CBA increases that to, I think 17 million, something like that. So it's, it's an increase. It's not really a, it's not that substantial an increase. Um, but it is something that was another area I would have like, I, I, I think players, you know, especially if players individually want to pursue better guarantees and contracts that is one thing that they've got to get out of the picture is get that funding rule out. And uh, I'm, 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 I mean, I shouldn't be surprised at how deft the league is about this, but they totally flipped it. Like it was a rule that was only in place for the player's benefit. It should never have been hard to get rid of it. Um, but they've managed to like make it this thing, like, well, we have this rule. And if we're going to get rid of it in our next agreement, you have to give something up in exchange, even though it was only there for the players in the first place. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's an impediment. Uh, so so I, I you know I, I I think this dealers are going to have to. I mean at, at some point they are going to have to change the way they do business in that regard. If they are going to start losing players um, that they would otherwise have been able to keep. Um, but so an interesting case is going to be Watt next year. Like Watt's going to take a Watt's going to get a giant deal, and if the only money that they're going to guarantee is going to be the signing bonus. You know, uh, they, they've sort of gotten away with it with Roethlisberger because they keep because they give them giant signing bonuses, and you can do that with a quarterback more readily because you know he's going to be here forever unless something really unexpected happens. Um, what are they going to give? Are they going to give Watt a sixty million dollars signing bonus? I think they're probably going to want to structure it differently than that. I, and I still, would hope you so. know, uh, yeah, you know. So I, uh, you know, I just I, I don't I don't know how much longer they can they can keep can keep that up, and I don't think it's worth keeping it up at this point. Yeah, gotcha. For for those of you just joining it, Jeff, you want to take over? <laughs> no, go ahead, Dave. Or I'll go say for those of you that just that are just now joining in and wondering, what in the world are we talking about? Why do we have four people here? We have um Ian Whetstone from Still City Insider joining us tonight. And I'm sitting in because I just want to geek out and listen to all the the great, fantastic CBA and salary cap stuff to talk about. So Ian's here answering questions. So I, I have the big one. And and part of this wants to see how how close I am with my estimates. We got all the free agent moves. We've got the yeah. we got the restructures, the retirements. We've mm -hmm. got the free agent signings. Uh, where are the Steelers at the cap with the cap right now? Yeah, so I mean the the the, the biggest variable in that is the specifics of the of, of Ben's restructure. If I'm going to assume exactly. that it's that they maxed it out, um, which I think is I think is more likely than not. I, if I they were going to do it, they might as well max it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 given that they sort of did a bunch of them and, and then stopped doing them, um, it also yeah. sort of makes sense in terms of how much money they need just to kind of operate. Um, but I had them at about seven million when I looked at it this morning. Okay. Now, where did you have them before free agency started? Because I know there were different reports. Um, I was going off of a off of a report that they were like three, um, that they were three million over before they started all their restructurings and releasings of. Yeah. So, so, so where are we, are we saying before they did any of the, 
like restricted tags, restricted tenders yeah, before, before they, they did any tags. Um, yeah. uh, let's let me think. So I was for see because I I go off a report and then I go as I and change numbers as I go. Um, if I but, so I, if I remember so 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 once so once I had realized that that James Conner did not make the his performance escalator. And so his salary was not going to escalate. I think I had them at about 199 million committed at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and so then the the cap came in at 198, and they had about a three million dollar rollover. So I would have put them at about two million under before any of this stuff started. Gotcha. Because the the report I saw was that they were actually over by about three million. So that's what I was going with the whole time. Yeah, but, uh, I, that they, they made been... about 20 million in restructures, right? If if Ben was maxed out. That, that sounds about right. Uh, uh, okay. Let me think. They did. I mean, they got. They, they would have got about ten from Ben. They got about two and a quarter from McDonald. Um, they got another maybe two. So I'm going to say they got five from McDonald and Hayden, and then they got three and change from um, uh, Stephen Nelson. Nelson. And so then almost a million from Boswell. Yeah. So that's about right. So it's about twenty. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, in that ballpark. Before we let you go, Ian, why don't you look into your crystal ball? Are there any more extensions? You think uh, hey, uh, Hayward? I mean, I think Hayward's almost a no-brainer. I mean, and I know Dave, you you had some thoughts about you know what that would look like in in terms of the extension. Why don't you ask Ian? You know, test your numbers. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I was just wondering, you know, because with Hayward, you're carrying, you're you're going to have his salary that he was set to get this year, and, and right. that cap hit, and that number doesn't go away, mm -hmm. versus someone like Dupree who they, you know, some people say, no, play, play one year under, this is a show me year. I'm like, I, that was last year. And it, Colbert said, if they tag Dupree, it's going to be to try to sign him long-term. How, yeah. how do either of those contracts, how, how do they look going forward? If they do anything, does Hayward really save much um, versus Dupree who would probably save a good bit that first year? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they certainly they could pull that, that Dupree number down. I don't, you know, I, I think the, if they did sign I, I don't see the wisdom in signing him to a long-term deal. I, I, it's not that I don't like him as a player. I just, I, I look at him, you know, at, at best, at absolute best, he was maybe the fourth best player on the defense last year. Um, and you're going to have to pay Watt. You're we're going to make Watt the highest paid defensive player in football next year. That's going to happen. Um, I don't so, know so how you tie up that So you think he'll do it next together. year rather than after his fifth year? Uh, Watt, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I so I I don't I, I didn't I, I don't I don't particularly like even tagging him. Um, it would, obviously it became much more doable once there was a new CBA. It would have been so painful to do prior to a new CBA. I did not think it was a good idea. Um, now I don't I don't I think ideologically I don't think they ever tag anybody with any intention other than to sign them long term. Um, it doesn't mean I think they're necessarily going to be able to do it. I don't know they're going to be able to come to a number that they think you know that they feel makes sense to do um and, and he i mean he knows is that if he has another good year he's gonna make you know huge dollars on the open market they're not gonna tag him two years in a row um i mean i don't think so um but yeah i mean to get that deal done now i think you're looking at you know probably 17 million a year for for, for dupree and i just don't I, to me i'm not i don't want to tie that up for a player you know you you'd be making you you're, you probably have to pay him comparably to hayward i think they're both sort of in that same um, ballpark, um, and it's going to be a longer commitment with Dupree, and the, I, you know, I just I, I don't see how it for, fits for that number. I I don't like it either because yeah, and, and you know, I mean, everything I did is saying you you want to pay him less than what the cap is for a year 
on yeah. average over the course of the of that. I mean, yeah, I mean some I estimates have him as only 13, 14 million a year. But yeah, if he's going to want that much, then I, I don't you think know, he should. I've been wrong before. I thought Hargrave would command more on the open market than he did. I mean, he got a decent deal, but I thought I thought he could have really broken the bank. Um, I also thought he would go to a team that where he would play more as a as a pass rushing interior lineman, and uh, it doesn't. I don't know if that's how, how they're going to use him in Philly. Um, so I, you know, I've certainly been wrong before, um, but I just I don't I don't see how you know um, in a world where pass rushers in the open market where edge rushers get. You just for showing up, they get mid to high teens. I, I don't see how you get Dupree locked up um, for less than than around seventeen a year. Man, this has been a lot of really deep discussion. A lot of numbers. My head is hurting, and I didn't even say much there in this entire episode. Like it's just not my cup of tea. And I want to thank everyone in the live chat for keeping me entertained during this time. No offense, Ian. It's just. I don't know, man. These numbers, I've I've hated math my whole life, and so Dave's always like texting me all this stuff, like, "Oh, you know, we got this." I'm like, "Dude, just just tell no me." No one pays like, attention to my number. I wanted someone who actually cared about numbers. That's why I had to come on. I'm like, Lance doesn't care. Jeff doesn't care. Hey, Lance, uh, a little, oh little closet, little closet numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, he's yeah, a number I'm guy. Being... I mean, he can't, hey, I've been, spell, I've been, he can't spell and he butchers names and all that stuff. Yeah, he knows yeah, his numbers. Exactly. That, that. That's, that's the Carnegie Mellon tartan in me. Uh, there we go. Bad <laughs> on go. writing and spelling, but pretty solid on numbers. But Ian, um, you know, we want to thank you for, 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 for jumping on. But I do want to ask you one question because sure, sure. And, and, and Jeff and Dave and I are probably going to talk about it when we do our second show tonight. Mm-hmm. How surprised were you that the Steelers signed a toaster, excuse me, a fullback as their first? If it was, if it was, if it was last year where they had a little bit of money to burn, that's one thing I, I, I don't, when you have limited resources, it's not where I would invest it. You know, I have a theory and you'll have to tune into our next show to hear it. <laughs> a little teaser there. I have a theory as to what they were thinking. We're going to get into that, but Ian, thank you very much. You can check out all his contributions at steelcityinsider.com. Dave, for thanks for stopping in and geeking out. I know that's your forte, your MO, your that's my forte. whatever. Lance and I will be back. So if you're watching live on YouTube, just stick around about five minutes. You'll see a new notification. Check us out on a special Homer and hater show. Thanks for everyone for tuning in.